All right, are we recording? Yeah. Cool. This, so, is, a, this is a podcast. It is now officially a podcast. Do we have this conversation before? Like, is it a podcast until it's actually on the internet? Yeah, we've had this conversation. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I can never remember if it's like a stupid <laughs> philosophical conversation I've had in my brain or with other people. Longtime listeners would remember <laughs> us having this conversation <laughs> about whether a pod- How would they remember existential podcast remember. conversation. So yeah. What would you say, Abby? How would they remember? I, I totally talked right on top of you, <laughs> but more loudly than you. That's how you know it's a podcast. <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, um, let's, uh, I have a, I have a little forward for the podcast, which is that I, uh, I have a touch of the chills by that. I mean, I have a little bit of a cold and, uh, so I sound a bit rough and I may be coughing. Pete's fighting for his life. Yeah. It's, I was telling Simon, it's one of those like really annoying colds where you don't actually get a cold. You just feel slightly crappy all the time. Yep. You have a low grade viral infection of some sort. Yeah. It's like a, it's a slow burn. It's not a, it's not a passionate <laughs> cold. Yeah. I hate that because you can't justify lying in bed and doing nothing. Yeah. yeah. It only really sucks in the middle of the night, but like during the day, mm-hmm. you're just like perfectly normal, except you just sound kind of crappy. Mm. Yeah. All right. So that means Pete could take a back seat. Back seat. I don't feel like driving. So, not bitch. Abby, this is your problem now. What are we talking about? Is- is Pete saying I'm bitch then by that statement? Is that what's... No, because you're in the front seat. You're shotgun. Okay. No, so she, no Simon's she... driving. You're shotgun. No, no. I'm in the back. Abby's driving. This, this, is, this is her road trip. Okay, then I'm in the I back. I get anxiety when I drive. Uh-oh. Um, don't worry, Abby. I'm here. I'll help navigate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a map. It's got nothing on it right now. We're I, have to I, draw think, a map. I think we're off to a great start, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst intro we've ever done. <laughs> I... See, I, that, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty bold statement. Uh, like we've done some pretty bad intros before. That's true. Okay, this <laughs> can't is get worse. one of now, the worst now, intros. Now we've the stress done. is off because we can't make it any worse than it already is. <laughs> Rock meat bottom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Abby. Let's uh, let's actually have a podcast. What are we talking about today? Um. So today we're going to start talking about kind of dream jobs and projects. Um. This was inspired by a coworker that the three of us have. Um, who is so much a fanboy of Elon Musk that he has stated that if given the opportunity, he would work for him for free, which is a pretty bold statement. Um, so that got me thinking about what job would I want as an engineer? What's that like dream project that I would want to be a part of or like that kind of dream career or something that I could really see myself enjoying doing, but you know, that I'm obviously not doing at the moment. So this is this is a job you would do for free if you could feasibly like not get paid and still not starve to death. Yeah, I guess kind of like what would make me happy. So I wanted to frame it more like, um, you know, putting everything else aside in terms of you know how much you'd make and like uprooting your family and moving to the other side of the world and blah blah blah. Like, what would you want to spend your days doing? What's your dream? That's a good question. It's interesting. To think, because you have to take it out of the context. I guess there's two different contexts you can look at. You're like, how, what would I do if I could just like walk into any office right now and, and do that job? And also, what job would I like to have? It's, it's a question because there's two different kinds of dream jobs for me. There's the kind of like, if I could walk into any office right now being who I am and do any job, that's one thing. But there's also like, what job I would like to 
have and also be the kind of person that does that job, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Yeah. You don't necessarily have the skills, but like you'd love to get those skills and do that job. Yeah. I mean, one day. I, like, I think a lot of people probably dream of being like the tech visionary that like drives the future of people's things like it drives mm-hmm. the future of technology but i doubt there are very many people who are who have that dream that are actually capable of fulfilling that role yeah i mean it, exactly. it, it's sort of interesting because it to a certain extent i think what you're saying is there's the the feasible dream of where you want to get to there's the slightly infeasible dream of a totally different career path and then there's the much more infeasible dream of accomplishing something that is nigh impossible like I want to be the next Steve Jobs. Like mm-hmm. That's not. That's probably not going to happen. But that's like, too ambitious. I want to be an industrial designer. That would involve a total change in my entire career path. But it's still possible. Yeah. Whereas, like, I want to um, do something more ambitious, but related to what I do now, is both likely someday feasible and also something that you can strive and sort of have ambition to achieve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then I guess there's also a third goal of just like what I would do if I wasn't worried about like failure. Like, yeah. like I, I'm capable of doing it now, but I probably won't because I have a baby and I want to be able to eat. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, okay. All right. So I can kick things off if you want with, um, you have to categorize first. Okay. This is. Uh, the second category. This is something that I could potentially still do, but likely will not. Okay. Um, and just to kick things off for interest sake, this is the, um, not really position, but this is the concept that a friend of mine and I had for starting a company after grad school. Okay. That we were working towards when I started working here and decided that this was more fun. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, um, and this sort of is to a certain extent related to probably something that I would end up with as being my ultimate kind of dream thing I'd want to do. So I had this concept. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have seen Wayne's World, but I sort of grew up with Wayne's World because it was one of the only VHS <laughs> tapes I had when I was a kid. Ooh, it was basically like tapes. Peter Pan, Rescuers Down Under, and Wayne's World. Those were like my my three top hits. <laughs> oh, Rescuers Down Under, Down Under was so good. Oh, so good. So much better than the first one. Yeah. <laughs> I never I only I don't think I ever even saw the first one. Don't. It'll ruin the second one for right. you. Anyway. Um movie commentary <laughs> aside. Um there's a really great scene in Wayne's World where after he's made a whole bunch of money because his uh his TV show gets um bought up by a network. They're in like their their local diner and he goes to this back room and opens the door and it's like a warehouse full of ninjas that are training. <laughs> and it's just sort of it's just sort of like cuz he always wanted to have access to a warehouse full of training ninjas like for no particular reason <laughs> nice um and like i was thinking about that when i was uh in grad school and i was managing a, a lab that did a lot of design projects for students and uh i was like man it'd be so cool if you just like had a warehouse full of students working on cool little design projects which is essentially a makerspace mm. so we got on this idea of making a makerspace but one that had a lot more rigorous training and instruction Okay. So it's like a makerspace for right. families where, especially in cities where um, moms and dads don't have necessarily garages or wood shops or stuff like that, that they can build things or work on projects with their kids. We would have a, a space for them to come. We would teach the whole family how to do stuff like soldering, electrical design and software and stuff like that. And then they could work on projects together that would be sort of out of a 
a manual of like sort of like Lego style or Ikea style of how to build these different projects. And they'd have different difficulties and they could scale depending on what they wanted to do and how much time they had. If they wanted to work on a project for a month, they could build something really ambitious together. If they wanted to do it for a couple of days, they could make something much simpler. Um, it was sort of based along the lines of, uh, my, my colleagues, uh, family's company that was doing music lessons for kids where you'd sort of come in and be like, I want to be able to play this song. Mm. Or they'd have a catalog of songs you could learn to play if you wanted to take lessons. And mm. uh, it was kind of along those lines where here's a bunch of really cool projects. You could build these if you put up this kind of money for this amount of time and learn these skills and uh, do it sort of uh, all together. And there were other aspects to it, like having a machine shop that we could rent out and stuff like that. But the core of it was having a space where families could go and learn about um, engineering together. Hmm. Because the biggest I really issue, like that idea. yeah. Because the biggest issue I have always had with engineering is that when you get to the end of high school and you're ready to go to college or university, you don't have any idea what engineering is because it's not really taught. Mm-hmm. And we've talked a lot about this in the podcast before. And so the idea was we would make a place where kids starting from elementary school and older all the way up to high end of high school could learn what engineering is and what you actually do as engineers and hmm. how you do those particular things, kind of like first robotics, but. Probably less robotics heavy. I, I like that you've got a focus on uh, like a community type mm-hmm. space as well. Cause I mean, yeah. th- those, those kinds of programs exist in for schools to a certain extent and, and, and like at corporate, uh, like there are companies that do that kind of thing, but as like an event, like you need to book an event and it has to be a big thing or it has mm-hmm. to be through an educational institute. It would be really cool to make kind of a, uh, like an open space where you could just sort of walk in, mm-hmm. uh, and, and make it available to the community. Yeah. And generally, like, there are lots of maker spaces all over the world, but it's generally a pretty imposing thing, especially to show up with your family. Yeah. Without yeah. any prior knowledge and kind of sit down and yeah. be like, how do I do this stuff? Cause everyone's sort of doing their own thing. Some of them have little courses and, and lessons and things like that, but generally it's sort of come and use the facilities to work on whatever project you want to work on. It's not, guided the same way as like a music school is guided or yeah um other alternative uh schools are guided and so that then essentially if i want to dream a little bit bigger which is uh the instruction we have for today that would scale towards an ultimate goal of having an actual school mm. and especially if you could make it like as freely available as possible so people could like that, that that's that's really cool like reduce lowering the barrier to people for instance if you got an idea i want to make this out of metal but you you would never know what to do in a machine shop having a having a a, mm-hmm. a machinist that's available to be like okay this is how you would make that mm-hmm. and like i will either do it or i will show you how it's done or something but like by making it more uh, friendly, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Cause yeah, that was what we did friendly. with this course at U of T. We basically had, um, probably almost 200 second year students come in and they were assigned a project, all of them, the same project in teams. And they'd have a, an ele- a mechanical lead an electrical lead and a software lead. Um, and then we would basically teach them ground up everything they needed to know to do it. All mm. the software techniques, give them prototyping boards and all the stuff they needed to actually build everything electrical, um, techniques and training, soldering training. I ran the machine shop, so I did a lot of lessons on how to do different sort of standard operations in a machine shop, like how to turn an axle, how to do an interference fit on a wheel, and that kind of stuff. How to do milling if you're going to do some mounts and different customizations for for products and stuff like that. So nice. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I, I that's 
I'm not sure that if that's, I, th- I think, I think you probably have the skills to do that right now. It'd be a question of like, I would do this if I wasn't worried about like money, probably. Yeah. Like, exactly. Like mm-hmm. you said, I would do this if I wasn't worried about having a startup company when I have a 11 month old daughter. <laughs> it's a very accessible idea. Yeah. yeah. It's a good one. That's a, a lot of mine fall into that category where it's like, I would, I would love to be involved with like a crazy fast paced, like hardware startup where they're just making something neat. But I would just be absolutely terrified of that that business model. Yeah, and also what I do now is 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 somewhat related to that idea. So <clears throat> it's a lot sort of. Uh, it's not a huge lateral step for you. It's not a huge lateral step, and it's more secure, and it's uh, likely, oftentimes, just as fun. Mm-hmm. Now, would would you be looking to like? Would it be a uh, something local to here, like in te- in? I, I, I'm interested to know, like, what the scale. Are you imagining this being a one time, one thing, or would your dream be for it to be like uh, a chain of like you could set up in a bunch of places and create a create a a process or create a system for mm-hmm. making it available to people, and then sort of like encourage other people to create these spaces as well. So that's interesting because that gets to another part of having a a, a dream for something that you want to do. Because as much as that would be kind of the ultimate grand vision of what it could become. I don't know necessarily I would want to be the one to be in charge of that. Mm-hmm. No, I think, I'd, I think I'd rather just have like a space in the city where I live that I could go and hang out and do stuff at as opposed to managing a large corporation. Well, especially, I mean, like yeah. w- with that, it would make sense. You could basically open source all of your processes, be like, mm-hmm. this is what we did. This is how we, how we're set up. And this is what, what works for us. Yeah, absolutely. And basically be like, copy us, please kind of thing. There's a great example, which we uh, followed up on when we were looking into this, which is in Boston, there's a massive makerspace. I don't remember their name because it's been a few years since I thought about this, but I'll look it up uh, for the show notes. Um, they grew from basically a room about the size of like a bedroom to a 37,000 square foot facility. Wow. They're Whoa. one of the, they're one of the biggest makerspaces in the world. Hmm. And, uh, they do the same thing. They open source a lot of their, their projects and a lot of their, um, lesson plans. They once a year do almost like a symposium for mm-hmm. makerspaces mm-hmm. and they open source all the proceedings and stuff like that. So we were going to go down for it. Um, but because we were broke, we didn't actually do it. <laughs> nice. But yeah, it's, uh, so that's, that sort of stuff. It's a nice kind of community aspect to that in that respect as well, being part of, uh, that kind of space. Hmm. Cool. Anyway. Abby, do you want to, you want to go next? Do you promise you were going to, to dream extra big for us? <laughs> um, okay. So I'll put something in a different category. Uh, this is in the category of, my God, this would be cool, but I have no idea where to begin. Why am I so stupid? I don't have this knowledge. Um, It would, and it's really so general, but if I could design anything that would go into space, that would be the coolest. But I I don't even know where to start with that because I don't have any of that knowledge. But anything to do with space is amazing. (laughs) And if I could be involved with some sort of space project, that would be cool. That's, that's, that's a nice, like, general one because it, it, you could sort of sidle your way into that one way or another. Mm-hmm. Like, it's achievable in, even, even in its audacity. It's, it's not, not as crazy as being like, I want to be, I want to go to space. Like, I want to be a space no. janitor. Mm-hmm. But, cause that's all I'd be qualified to be in space. <laughs> but the, it, it's cool because it's, it's increasingly not a pipe dream though. 
That's true. It, it's, I mean, especially in the last, you know, five, 10 years, it's, it's pretty conceivable, um, for other people. I think just for me more on the, um, I don't have that particular knowledge. I could get that particular knowledge, but who has the time? Mm. Yeah. But it, I think it would be, it, it's one of those, like, wouldn't that be the coolest things type dream? Especially in the age of like microsatellites and stuff like that. There, there mm-hmm. are increasingly mm-hmm. small companies that are putting things in space, like becoming, getting part of like a big, uh, I don't actually know how the business works with microsatellites. If it's like you get together a whole bunch of companies that are making a whole bunch of little things or what, um, that'd be something interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I think, uh, mm-hmm. the interesting thing to me is that I going into grad school was offered a position at a lab making microsatellites and their big pitch was if you come and work in our lab, you will have contributed to an actual space mission with an actual satellite that is actually in space. Mm-hmm. And, and that would be pretty awesome. I was like, mm. <laughs> that's a lot wow. of pressure though too well i mean for me like it was different for me because for what i was looking for at that point i would have been kind of like a cog in the machine like i would have been part of a much larger team all putting together pieces and components of an overall space mission and for grad yeah. school like for my thesis i wanted to do something like that was mine that i owned the project not just like i worked on some software for a payload bay well i mean that's an but that's an interesting question then like so Abby, what's the line there? How, how hands on do you have to be with a satellite to be like, I would, would being like a clean room tech in at like JPL or something where you're the guy who like plugs these wires into those sockets. Somebody else has designed them, but somebody has to have someone with pretty extreme technical knowledge has to do the assembly assembly. No, I think it's, it's, I'm kind of in line with Pete on this one is I don't just want to be a, a little part of it. I'd want to be. A big part of it, hmm. which is why I don't have that knowledge and it's such a big step because um, I don't think I could, you know, design something and lead that team at my current level of expertise. But yeah. I don't want to, yeah, just be that one guy that does that one thing, that little tiny piece. I, that's, I, I, you know, I, I, I want to, I want to like argue against that because I, I think that'd be, I have, I've worked on, uh, like hardware that ended up in places like nuclear reactors and ended up like, stuff for power systems and it's kind of cool despite the fact that like all i did was i laid out a pcb but i know Mm -hmm. that at the at the rate that there's like hardware turnover in 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 like uh utilities stuff that i've designed is going to be used to produce power for people's homes for probably the next several decades and there's something kind of cool about that independent of how small the the role you had in it Mm -hmm. i don't know Mm -hmm. there's there's something to be said for that i don't i don't know if it's it, it might take it out of the realm of like dream job, but I, I think there's still something pretty cool about being even just a small part. Um, I, I mean, th- maybe it's a question of, of picking a, a ridiculously audaciously big goal to be a small part of. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the, mm-hmm. it, it really depend on like if you were a small cog in like a interplanetary satellite versus like the guy who solely designed a microsatellite that stayed in low earth orbit. Yeah, I mean, you can always – it depends on what ownership you want to take. Exactly like you said, there's a really good podcast that uh, I feel like it was done by one of the Slack podcasts. I don't remember exactly which one. And they were talking to a woman who used to be a seamstress for NASA. And she basically hmm. – like because they hand-sew a lot of the – like they did – sorry, for the shuttle uh, missions. They hand-sewed a lot of the installation hmm. for the, mm-hmm. the shuttle missions. And so – 
she would look at the shuttles and know like every piece that she had done, every component and small baffle or interface or stuff that she'd sewed together and where it had gone. And that was to her like the coolest thing in the world because her dream had always been to be a part of a space mission. Hmm. And so she ended up being a seamstress because that was what she was good at. Yeah. So you're saying there's a chance for me if I pick up seamstress as a hobby. I can, I can <laughs> if I learn to sew, I can. Well, put no, it depends on. I mean, it depends. There's a lot of things that you do for space missions. It depends on uh, what you do now that's directly applicable, and whether or not you would want to do it in a different context. Like, uh, there's a lot of stuff that you're probably very good at that people do for space missions. Uh, that's it's just true. it's just whether or not that's a big enough piece for for the dream you have. Well, that's, I, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if, like, if I was going to be involved in space right now, based on w- the work that I'm currently doing, it would probably be being involved with like technical documentation. It'd be doing technical writing for like projects for space. I would, I probably wouldn't even be touching actual space things, but I, I think that would still be cool. I, I think I could deal with being like doing the work that needed to be done in order for things to be able to be put in space. And, and still getting mm-hmm. a lot of satisfaction out of that. I'm, I'm not sure if it would be my dream, but it would be, I, I would still get a, 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 a quite a uh, satisfaction out of knowing that I was in some way integral to that thing getting into space. Um, mm-hmm. when you consider just like the sheer amount of like people that are involved in stuff like in those projects, no, very few people are going to be able to claim to be like owners of a project like that. If, no, if any, of course. Um, so that, yeah, I, but at the same time, you could, you could, you could get involved in something like microsatellites where you might do pretty much all of the design for something that is like a, a module of something that's fully functional in space. So th- that's certainly more achievable than it was even like 20 years ago when oh, yeah. ev- everything that went to space had to be a multi, multi billion dollar project over the course yeah. of like a half a decade. And it kind of depends again, like, whether you you're comfortable being outside of your comfort zone, which makes no sense, but <laughs> say it anyway. Well, how how permeable the barriers of your comfort zone are? Yeah, because I I know that uh, at one point some guys that I know were uh, flirting with going to work for SpaceX, and uh, what they were talking about was the fact that really what they what that company does a lot of times is hire up very smart people and just have them kind of float. Between projects, between initiatives and stuff like that, just as sort of smart people that can step in and give some insight or some guidance or some ideas and that kind of mm-hmm. sort of like work with any team on any type of problem, which is also kind of interesting depending on what your background is. Like if you're sort of a jack of all trades, that might work for you. Well, like that was one of the one things that I, that I thought of that would be something I thought that would be interesting to do. Uh, I'm not sure if it would, it would have to be a very, it's such a broad, okay. The one of the things I thought of that would be really cool would be to be part of a techno, like a tech think tank. Like one of those, yeah. the, one of those companies mm-hmm. that basically like just looks at a problem and then they, 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 they tend to be hired on for consulting work, but they get pulled in when it's a company that's like, okay, I need to solve this problem and I don't have the technical expertise to solve it. Uh, I need a, like, I need a creative technical solution to it. And there are consulting companies that do it all the time, but yep. it would be really rolling the dice with that. Cause I would really want to avoid like the humdrum technical, like engineering consulting. Cause there's a lot of really not exciting technical consulting that goes on out there. Mm-hmm. So like that, that's one of the things that I kind of thought of as a dream job, but then threw away. Cause I, it would, there'd be too much of like, 
I want this job, but this and this job, but this kind of thing. So yeah. wh- what did you not throw away? Do you have a, a concept? Um, okay. Actually, yeah, I've got one. And since we've covered the two other categories, I will cover category one because I think it's good. This is a job I think I could do today, but I, there are barriers in the way. I would love to work for Lego. I, I want, Ugh. I want to be one of the guys because they, like, they have people whose their entire job is they're like, we're going to make a model of like the Caterham seven. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. come like go and make it out of parts. Also, those parts need to go together in this particular way, especially there's like some of the sets that they have where it goes together as one thing and you have to use all of the same pieces to make something else. Mm-hmm. Um, like as, as a, as a design puzzle, that just sounds like, the most fun that you could have. Yeah. Like if that could be, I actually, I honestly don't know if there's anyone who, if there are people who's that, that's their day job or if it's like, this is a big project and it becomes like part of that. But even if it was being part of a project team to be like, we need a new Lego set. We need to design it. We need to come up with a concept, figure out how it's going to go together, uh, figure out if we need custom parts, like things that are going to be unique to that set Mm -hmm. or how we can repurpose like parts we've already got. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, 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 on, on some level, it's, I just want to play with Lego for my job. Um, but on another level, it appeals to me as a, like a, a physical puzzle. And also it's got some creative, like artistic design to it yeah. that, that I love, but within an interesting framework where you're not like expected to be like, I'm going to come up with abstract art, but I can, I can find creative artistic outlets in in design um of like a a product made out of these discrete pieces yeah so you've got this to work with Mm -hmm. now make me this other thing it probably has some pretty deep dives into legit r&d and engineering oh i'm just like disney does where um i'm sure they like a lot of their optimization algorithms for how they design because i think a lot of the stuff that they do they probably algorithmically generate a lot of the sets based on an, an end design or at least they could um i, I, so I don't that, know it'd be it'd be pretty cool to like yeah. look at whether you could um mm-hmm. like to, yeah to sort of like do f- uh, space filling and and stuff yeah like, that. like if they're if they're building one of the like huge installations they do at like legoland mm. where they're primarily basically just using two by threes for everything right they're just it, yeah. then, then it's just it's voxel uh, yeah, exactly. It's drawing with voxels. Yeah. That, that would be pretty cool too. Um, yeah. I, realistically, anything that involves design at Lego, just cause I, I, I find everything that Lego does from a design point of view, from the, the actual physical design of a tiny, tiny piece of Lego all the way up to like, as you say, big installations and articulated like, robotic functions like the 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 te- uh, technic and uh, mindstorms like just everything that they design i find fascinating and i would mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. to be involved with mm-hmm. but if i had to pick one job that i could do and i like, like if i could walk into any job tomorrow and do it and be like just like giddy with glee it would probably be like designing lego sets and mm-hmm. coming up with yeah. how things fit together uh like just spend my day in a room full of Lego building stuff and be like, this is cool. Let's sell it. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. I actually watched a Lego documentary um, in like the past month on a plane that, that I was on. Nice. And the considerations that they make when they are designing um, new sets, it was really interesting to watch that process. 
Um, Because it wasn't just about how everything fits together, but a lot of it was um, the realism when you're actually playing with the piece. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, we have these wings and they could collapse this way, but that's not a really fun way for like, you know, the child to play with it or, you know, the adult or whatever. Like it's not, it's not really natural. So Mm. like, can we do it in a better way? Can we do it in more of a, you know, faster or that takes up less bulk or doesn't need as many custom pieces? It was, it was really cool to watch. Yeah. The the design considerations uh, beyond like just the technical design, but also it's got to be fun. Um, Exactly. Yeah. The thing, the thing that really inspired me of this is uh, like, I didn't pull the Caterham one out of, out of thin air. I, I, for Christmas, I got the Caterham seven model kit from Lego and I was amazed. You like, you can take, you take the hood cover off and there is an engine inside (laughs) and it's made out of Lego pieces, but it looks at, it looks like the actual engine in the Caterham Seven with cool. with hoses and wow. it's got little like the little like pistols instead of like exhaust or um, the exhaust manifold from the uh, pi- from the pistons. It's got oh, wow. like it just uses like pieces they've already got. It's got a whip that is a hose coming out of the engine. Like it's just it's so cool and it, it, it every time I look at it I'm like this is amazing and I would love to be involved with it. That's really neat. Mm-hmm. So I think we've covered all. We didn't. No one covered one that was like, like just crazy. Like I mean, okay. I guess like for me, let's 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 wrap up with like if you could do anything. Like if you could just like magic wand yourself, and be like if you could be the next uh, Steve Jobs, or okay. you could be a, like, I don't know. I'd I'd love to be a captain of industry and have a fancy hat and be like. <laughs> I am going to, I, I am, I am all powerful. I'm directing the like dance my puppets. I'm going to direct the direction of technology in the future. Just sit at really big tables. Yes. It, it, like shadowy, <laughs> shadowy boardrooms. I want to be part yeah. of the technological Illuminati. <laughs> um, okay. I don't That's know. Cool. It's, I'm, not, I'm not sure that like, it, it would be really cool to be involved in solving a big world problem like a big technological world problem like how we're going to deal with evolving energy needs or deal with evolving like communications technology uh, needs realistically that's no one person stands there and goes we're going to solve this problem but yeah if i could magic wand and be like i'm going to be the guy who solves this problem that would be crazy and awesome so i have one that's probably Slightly more realistic, but still very far-fetched, which okay. is I want to be the next Dean Kamen. Like, I want to be the next guy who has... Maybe engineering rock star? Well, no, it's it's more... To <laughs> Actually, me, I guess Elon Musk is more the engineering rock yeah, star. Inspiring? Yeah, No, not even that part of it. To me, the, the part of it is having access to cutting-edge technology and being able to do really advanced R&D using that technology with unlimited budgets. Hmm. So that's basically what I want to do. I would want to be able to have like a workshop and like a team and just basically like try to solve R&D challenges using You want to be Tony Stark. Yeah, as much cutting edge <laughs> like technology as possible with no regard for budget. Yeah, so, like, Tony like, Stark. We're going to make an electric car. It's like, okay, cool. What can we buy to make electric cars with or yeah. make to make electric cars with if we don't give a shit about budget at all? That would be pretty cool. Just be, just be the, the inventor, but with, yeah. with, cause Dean came into mind, cause Dean came and made the Luke arm, which is still probably to me the most amazing robot I've ever seen. And he basically said, like, the Department of Defense came to him and were like, we have all these amputees and they've got these really stupid prosthetic hooks that don't do shit. Hmm. We need, like, <laughs> the best possible prosthetic arm you can make for any money. And he's like, all right. 
<laughs> he spent like three years and made this like mind-blowingly crazy prosthetic arm that looks like an arm and has 17 degrees of freedom and like upteenth crazy amounts of sensors and it's all compact and looks like an arm and has the same like feel of an arm That's and it connects awesome. to your brainstem like it's the craziest thing but so, so you want to for like millions of dollars y- you want to have somebody just throw money at you to solve a problem i want just i want the cool. army to come to me and be like we want you we want to make um something really cool i'm like okay <laughs> i will I'm make cool guy. things <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, that would be, that would be pretty amazing. Just to like have a free reign and crazy budget to just like tinker. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I could deal with the pressure of like being the government being like, give us a robot arm, but it would be, it'd still be pretty <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm, I'm sure that there's like, okay, so I'll, I'll add a caveat that with no recourse, if I don't do anything, uh, okay. as a result. yeah, I mean, that, that's, yeah. The, that's the, that's the real, but there are, there are R&D groups at a lot of big companies that have no budgetary requirements. They just, they have a, like, they have a yearly budget, but they don't have to deliver anything sellable. Mm. They just play around with the technology at the company to see what they can build with it. That would be, and I think at any company, crazy. that'd be really cool. Yeah. So you want to work for like a skunk works or something? Yeah. I want to work for part of a company, even where we work now, where we, you basically just have a budget and you try to build cool stuff using the technology that's available. Yeah. Hmm. Abby, do you have, a, do you have a big audacious goal? Not really. I mean, both of yours were so ambitious and I'm sitting here like, I really like roller coasters. I wish I could get involved with that. That's cool. And that's about my old one my used to be working get. for Disney um, Imagineers. That was my old. That's one. what I was going to say. If I could be an Imagineer, I'd be so amped. Yeah, that, that that's again, a not it, that, that doesn't I wouldn't call that call that a class four for it for any of us. I think no. theoretically, theoretically, given the opportunity, we could do that job. We're we're, oh, cre- sure. we're creative people with engineering backgrounds and who get hyped about cool stuff. All right, Abby, you'd want to make your own theme park. Yeah, Abby wants to make her own. Abby wants Abby to Disney World. World. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If if I could reenact uh, a roller coaster tycoon scenario in real life, I'd be the happiest. <laughs> That's cool. That would be awesome, actually. I I, I don't know how people. How, how do you go about like making a theme park? It has to have like people have done it in the past. I think most of the time you just acquire a crap ton of money and then just I buy guess. roller coasters and a bunch of land. Yeah. I, like, mean, I mean, places like Six Flags and stuff like that, they they probably just built over time yeah. the, the, the funds yeah. necessary. But like um, the one near where we live, Wonderland, it used to be owned by Paramount. Right. Just because Paramount was like, well, we got all this money. Well, they were a chain, yeah. right? They, yeah, they we had might like, as well buy a theme park. Well, they had a whole – no, I think, I think at that point Paramount owned like – a bunch of theme parks in the I think states. They had a few. Oh, really? Oh, okay. And then and they then were they like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But even actually, even just working at a company, I like. I know there are companies out there that they design roller coasters. That's oh, what yeah. they do. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. That's that's achievable. I guess I want to be, be cool. the head of a giant roller coaster tycoon. Essentially, you, I, I want to be the boss. Wants to, you, want, you want to be the the, the director. You want to be the guy who's like, I we wanna, need a roller coaster that does this. Fun. <laughs> the chief the cfo the chief is this, fun officer is this fun <laughs> it's not fun okay all right fail make more fun more fun <laughs> we need the fun index all right I, that's that's cool i like that so if you're out there listening and you have a crazy big audacious dream that you would like to share with us uh we'd love to hear it because uh it's always neat to see what other people are super excited about in engineering. And this is a great way to 
like stop and look at what excites you about engineering because uh that that's what it's going to extrapolate to your dream job like the 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 process of creative uh design is what gets me excited uh the process like fostering uh fostering creativity in others seems to be pete's Pete's go-to with his maker space. Abby wants people to have fun. So then <laughs> these, these are legitimate things you can do with, en- with engineering. Um, once, once you take the, the, the little things that make you excited and, and writ, they're writ large. So it's, it's kind of a fun experiment to just sit down and think like, if I could do anything with engineering, what would I do? So we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, anytime you can get, uh, go on Facebook, go to our Facebook group and, uh, post there or feel free to tweet at us at how do you eng and uh or give, shoot us an email at feedback at how do you eng and we'd love to hear from you feedback at how do you dot engineer oh right cred it's how do you eng for everything yeah. else yep i think i say that every time too more or less it's fine that's <laughs> okay we have comments we'll on it. our website now so yeah you can comment directly on the episode people have been commenting it's good times all right we should get a conversation started in uh in uh, this episode oh i got i've been forgetting to post this to reddit i'm gonna post it to reddit go to reddit and post there yeah all that's right good.